You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Would you open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 11, please? Luke 11. So as, as we started this year, for those that are um, part of Melbourne Lights Church, you would have heard us talk about this a little bit. For those that are our guests today, just give you a recap of where we're, where we're at as a church. As we started this year, we, we really felt God calling us back as a church, as a people, um, to look again at what does the church that Jesus is building look like? Not what is traditional church, not what is our idea of church, not what is what we've grown up with with church, but what is the church that Jesus is building look like? We, we felt like God, God called us to remind ourselves, what is it that he's called us to be? What is it, who is it that he's called us to look like? What has he called us to do as a local church? What has he called us to as a community of Jesus followers? Because we don't want to just go through the motions. We don't want to just do uh, the, the same thing week in and week out because it seems like a good idea. We want to do and be who he's called us to be. We want to reflect him well and become more like him. We want to be a people in a church who pursue and honor Jesus with everything. All of my time, all of my talents, all of the, 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 the resource that he's given me in life belong to him. And I want to see him glorified and honored with all that he's made me to be. Jesus first in everything. Jesus over everything we sang today. Often I, you know, uh, p- people say this, that the songs we sing make hypocrites of us. Have you ever thought about that? We say, Jesus over everything, you reign forevermore. But then we're like, but not that area of my life, because actually that's, you know, that's my little side thing. No, Jesus over everything, over every area, over every gift. We're here as a church to become more like Jesus. I hope you're here today, even if it's your first time ever stepping foot in a church, that God's going to do something. He's going to grab your heart. You're going to have a revelation of who Jesus is. Because the reason we gather is not just to, to have a, you know, a nice meeting, but it's to minister to, to become more like Jesus, to see him, to make much of Jesus, and to help other people see Jesus. That's the purpose for our whole existence. We, we use this phrase, to be disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus. It's real, it's raw, it's vulnerable. To be honest, we can't actually do that without being humble and vulnerable and, you know, having open hearts. We can do the sort of show, we can do fake church with a front up, but to actually be disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus takes a vulnerability. Whereas, as the Lord said and Mark shared this morning, that walls have to come down. That chains have to be broken. That we have to be honest about our struggles. Not so that we're humiliated, but so that we come to freedom. It's easy, it can be easy, to get sidetracked or to get distracted in this journey of becoming like Jesus and making disciples of Jesus. It can be easy to go on tangents. It can be easy to fall into religious tradition. To do things because that's the way we've always done things or that's what we were brought up in. Some of you were brought up in the church. And it's easy to fall into that's the way we do it because that's the way we've always done it. But that's not what God's called us to. He's called us to relationship with him, to do it because that's what he said, not just because it's tradition. It's easy to fall into this thing of putting on a fake front rather than walking in real relationship with Jesus and others. 
right through the Gospels, we see this happen. Jesus came into a religious culture. So when we read the Gospels, Jesus came into this religious culture, a culture where the, the religious leaders of the day, the scribes, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the Bible calls them, they were very good at looking like they were doing the right thing on the outside. They were very good at the false front. They were very good at appearances. But they were so caught up in their traditions that they missed the very coming, the coming of the very person that had been prophesied and that they were waiting for. They were so caught up in their traditions that they missed the Messiah. They missed Jesus Christ when he was there in person himself. They made it so much about them and their positions and their traditions that even though Jesus was in their midst, they didn't see or recognize him. Oh, Lord, let us never become so caught up in this is the way we do church. This is the three songs, and then we do announcements, and then we have a preach that we miss your very presence in our midst. Let, let us never become so caught up in going through the motions that we miss the very person of Jesus in our midst. A lot of what Jesus did and a lot of what he said um, was directed at these people. It was the culture that he came into, but I think he also knew that we have a tendency to drift toward that as followers of him. And he says this in Luke chapter 11. We're going to read from verse 33. And we're going to read a a whole passage here. We're going to start in verse 33 because I love it because it's talking about the light. And then he goes on to address some of these religious leaders. He says this in Luke 11 from verse 33. No one after lighting a lamp puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. He's talking about his life, his light being in us. In this context, he goes on. It says, and while Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and he reclined at table. The Pharisee was astonished to see that he did not first uh, wash before dinner. And the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and the dish, but the inside of you, or inside you, are full of greed and wickedness. It's from the context of talking about either being full of light or full of darkness. And he goes into a meal, and the Pharisee goes, Oh, you didn't wash your hands. And then he, in that context of talking about light, he goes on to say, well, you guys are really good at washing the outside, but the inside of you is full of greed and wickedness. You fools. Whoa, okay. Did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give, us, but give, a, give as alms those things that are within, and behold everything that is clean to you. But woe to you Pharisees. Whoa, it's like, that's like the, you know, that's full on. Jesus is like, woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb, but you neglect justice and the love of God. These things you ought to have done without neglecting the others. He goes, it's not bad. He wasn't saying you're doing the wrong thing by tithing the mint and herbs and the things that they're supposed to do, the external things. He goes, but you should do both. You've done the external, but you've neglected the internal 
And you should do both without neglecting one or the other. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seat in the synagogue and greetings in the marketplace. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves and people walk over them without knowing that. I mean, he's like, he's, this is, he's at this guy's house for dinner. He's not preaching to like just the crowd. The guy's invited him to his house. Like yeah, how to make friends and influence people. Like, woe to you. <laughs> One of the lawyers. Um, so this isn't, you know, when, it, when it says lawyers, it's not like, um, like Aiden's going to be, like a, a barrister or a solicitor. This is, this is one of the, the lawyers, the experts in the law. So the experts in their tradition. One of the lawyers answered him, teacher, in saying these things, you insult us also. He, he understood. He's like, okay, you're having a go at us, but you're also insulting us lawyers as well. And, he, and Jesus says to him, woe to you lawyers also. He's on a roll. He's like, you know when preachers get going? He's like, woe to you lawyers as well. If you want some, I'll give it to you as well. For you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets whom your fathers killed. See your witnesses, and you consent to the deeds of your fathers, for they killed them, and you build their tombs. Therefore... Also, the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute, so that the blood of all the prophets shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be required of this generation. Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves, and you hindered those who are entering, this is key. Let us never be a people who when God says, come into my presence, don't enter ourselves, but also hinder others from entering in. And as he went away from there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to press him hard and to provoke him to speak about many things, lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. It goes on in chapter 12. In the meantime, when so many thousands of people had gathered together, and they were so many thousands of people had gathered together, they were trampling one another. That's a big crowd of people. He began to say to his disciples first, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Beware of the Pharisees. Beware of what they teach. Beware of who they are, because it's hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and whatever you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the rooftops. That's a big, heavy bit of scripture. But you know what? The word brings life, and it transforms us. Jesus came to bring a new covenant. He's speaking to the religious leaders of the day who are so caught up in their tradition. He's talking about light, being full of light, or being full of darkness. They, he goes in for a meal, and in that context, he goes, you know, they, they start to pull him up on external things. And he goes, hang on a second. You guys are really good at the external, but inside, there's darkness. And I've come to bring a new covenant. It's no longer in Jesus about the external things that make you righteous or clean. It's the heart transaction that sets us free and then influences the external. There is an external outlet from following Jesus. We have to be transformed. 
but we are not made clean or righteous by observing the external first. It's an inter- so Jesus says, I'm, I'm changing this. What was external to internal is now internal to external. The religious leaders were focused on the outward appearance, but Jesus spoke to the heart. This is what we want to look at. In the series that we're doing, the church that Jesus is building, it's mainly about the heart. It's not mainly about the external. It will, it will influence the external, but it always starts with the heart. We're not doing a series about the buildings that we meet in or how to set up the chairs or you know, the, the, the form of our meetings. It's about the heart, and the heart transaction influences then the way we live. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, it says this. This is in the Old Testament. It says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on his height. So you know, Samuel's uh, uh, sent with a word to prophesy over David, and he calls all the brothers, and he's looking at all these like tall, you know, good-looking, athletic guys. And the Bible says that David was like short and, uh, you know, he, he, was, he didn't even call him in. But the Lord says the same. But don't look on, the, on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That's not to say that the external things don't matter at all. When it comes to our gatherings and our meetings together and the times that we do things, you know, we, we want to do things with excellence. We want to do things well. Um, you know, we, we want to do things so that people feel welcome. You know, we, wanna, we want to vacuum the carpets and clean the toilets and make sure that, you know, that, that it's safe. And we want to do things well. But a transformed heart or internal change leads to a transformed life. While we want to do things well, that's not the first focus. Jesus says in Luke 6.45, out of the abundance or the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. He says in Matthew 7, you will recognize them by their fruit. He's talking about his disciples. So there's a transformation of the heart that takes place that then determines our outward actions or the fruit that we produce. The hard thing as a community of believers, a church that Jesus is building, is that I don't, really, I don't really know what's going on in your heart. God can give me prophetic insight. You know, sometimes you know, God gives us a word of knowledge and he shares it, and sometimes people aren't honest and they say, no. I'm sure that there's something more going on. And people can just lie. They say, no, that's not me. Sometimes, you know, there's, there's a vulnerability. You say, that's me. Oh, my gosh, I should, have, I should have been vulnerable and open and there's healing that comes. I don't always know what's going on in your heart. Others don't always know what's going on in your heart. But what's happening in our heart bears fruit in our life. Our main focus, though, is not on external things. Our main focus is on our heart, the heart. Our main focus is on internal transformation that then influences what we do. One of the things, just a picture of this. So one of the things um, that we really wrestled with as a leadership team at the start of all the COVID stuff. So start of 2020, um, Elliot and I were on holiday. It was like two years ago. You know, we just got back from our holiday now. We were on holiday. We had been on holiday for two days. I'd been on holiday for two days. Elodie had come the night before. And then, I'm sure many of you remember, Prime Minister was on the news. There's going to be lockdowns. You know, all the stuff. And we went, ah! 
What do we do? And so we had some very, um, I like to say, robust conversations as a leadership team. They, they weren't arguments. They were just full conversations um, <laughs> about what do we do? You know, uh, you know how, how do we do this? Um, and I, I mean, all you guys remember, and we, we don't want to go back there, but um, you know, suddenly we couldn't meet, and we, were, we had to move to live streaming, and we had to do Zoom and all that stuff, you know. But the robust conversations are all, all around this. What are the heart values that we're not willing to compromise on? As we're thrust into the unknown, what are the heart value things? Because the heart value determines what we do. So, for, for instance, and this is, this is not about what anyone else did. This is what, what has God told us, you know, in that season. For instance, things like we really value the priesthood of all believers. We believe that it's something that's in the Bible, that it's not just about a show. It's about everyone being able to, to contribute. So we were like, well, how do we do that? So we made a choice to, to actually do our live streams live. It's very difficult to do a live live stream with like four people. But what it meant, the reason we did it, was that people could actually share words as we were live streaming. They could send them in or they could, you know, they could um, type in the comments or whatever that, that, that was. It wasn't just because, well, that's cool to do it live. It's because there was a heart value that we said, this is something we're not willing to, to give up. We're not willing to, to become a show. There still has to be something of the priests of all believers. Was it perfect? Absolutely not. But, you know, that, but we tried. And that's why we tried to do that. Some of you guys might go, oh, I didn't know that. But there was like some kind of robust conversations around what are these things that we're not willing to give up on. We, we, we really value the opportunity to respond and to pray. There was response Zooms and prayer Zooms. And, you know, we, we, we value our kids and our youth. And so we set up all stuff for, for them. We, you know, we value personal connection. So we encourage people the whole time. You know, find someone that lives near you. Go on a walk. Call people. Don't just become a consumer in that season that we're in. Now, thank God that we, that we are mostly through that and we're able to, to come back together. But it illustrates the, 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 the point. The point is this. What's the heart value? What is it that Jesus has called us to that we can't compromise on? Because when we know the heart, it determines our actions. This morning, I want to look at some simple comparisons between rote religion and real relationship. Between, I was trying to find good words to describe this, and I struggled with it because I don't think you can just do a really simple comparison of this or that. It's like rote religion or real relationship, old church model or the church that Jesus is building. Um, you know, fake versus real. But in this, I'm not trying to have a, a, a go. I didn't want to say traditional because I'm not having a go at traditional church. I'm not having a go at, at a different model. What I'm saying is, who's God called us to be? If we're going to be the church that Jesus is building, what are some of the cultures or the values that we want to hold on to and we want to see formed in our lives, that we want to see formed together as a church? Hopefully these help. These are not all of them. Hopefully they just help us see so we can grab hold of some of these things and go, okay, let's massage that in. Let's go after that. The first is this, that rote religion or old church model is structured to please man more than to please God. The church that Jesus is building, a real relationship, um, Jesus in our midst and loving him well is our ultimate goal. What do I mean? 
more than to make people comfortable, we want to please Jesus. There is excellence. We want to clean the floors. We want to set the chairs out. I'm a little OCD, so I hate it when the chairs are not straight, which is why there's little bits of tape on the ground for those of you who are really observant. And for those that aren't, they're like, there's tape on the ground? We want to do things well, but personal comfort never takes the place of honoring Jesus. Jesus in our midst and loving him well is our ultimate goal before anything else. It's to minister to him. When we worship, it's first and foremost about him. It's about honoring him. It's about him receiving the glory. It's not firstly about how I feel or what I receive or what God's going to do for me today. It's about him and him being glorified. From that place of refocusing my passion upon him, I do receive. There always is transaction that takes place. I am transformed. I do, you know, I, 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 I'm blessed and I'm enlarged and, you know, I become more like him. But it's not about me first and foremost. Old church model of religion is focused on connection to the organization. Real relationship. Jesus, the church Jesus is building is focused on connection to the person and presence of Jesus and his spirit. That's not to say that we don't gather. Because in Acts 2 it says, and the Lord added to the number daily those who are being saved. When our focus is on uh, connection to the person and presence of Jesus and his spirit, then he adds us where he's building. He adds us to local church community. Church is still on God's heart. It's gotten really quiet. Church is God's plan. With all of the, the, the flaws and all of the mistakes and all of the, you know, the stuff and the baggage, church, the gathering of believers, is God's plan to reach the world. It doesn't matter what, what book anyone else writes. There's a new way, there's a new thing, there's a new... God's plan hasn't changed. But the focus is not get everyone into an organization, sign the membership thing, and that, you know, that's it. We've got you for life. The focus is on our connection to the person and presence of Jesus, that we follow him, that we're close. We live in intimacy with him. And from that place of connection to him being full of his spirit, it, the, Acts 2 says that he adds us to church. He adds us to other believers. He knits our hearts together in a supernatural way. Old church model is, it's cool three-point messages that are clapped for, but few remember or changed by. Church Jesus is building, it's preaching that's bathed in his presence, where the spirit is present in the room to confirm the word of God. We never want hashtags over real encounter with the presence of God. I mean, it's great. Sometimes, you know, sometimes as you're speaking, for those of you who have ever had the opportunity to preach or speak, things come out in a rhymey sort of way, and you go, oh, that would be a cool hashtag. It's fun. You know, I'm not having a, having a go. But when, we be, when that becomes the focus, to sound cool, to have great Instagram, you know, like 10-second videos, at the expense of preaching that's bathed in his presence, at the expense of honoring him and responding to him, then we've totally missed the point of what church is about. We've totally missed the point of the church that Jesus is building, that he adds people to. 
when we're preaching, if God convicts you right then and there, right in that moment, respond to him. You don't have to wait till the end. You don't have to wait for another thing. If you're in a discipleship group and God's, you know, somebody's reading a scripture and you suddenly have this revelation, oh my gosh, I haven't done that, respond right then. I love one of my favorite stories, and, and I know uh, Sharon doesn't mind me sharing this, but we were in the middle of like a prophetic class, and, um, and the lady was talking, uh, that was Sharon was talking about hearing the voice of God and dealing with idols in your life. And yeah, idols can be um, like spiritual, but they can actually be real. Um, and in that moment, Sharon was like, oh my gosh, I've got this stone from this temple in Thailand that I brought home. And it's, it's in my house, and I have to go deal with it right now. I have to go. So, like, in the middle of this lady speaking, she just gets up and leaves. And I was like, ooh, I hope she's all right. Because she did, I mean, she just left. She was gone. And then, like, she came, then she came back. Like, after, like, 45 minutes, she went home. She took the thing. She threw it in the bin. She came back, and I was like, is everything all right? And she's like, yeah. I just suddenly realized I had this idol, and I couldn't wait any longer. And that's exactly what, that's how we should respond. It's like, I have to deal with this right now. I can't wait till later on. I have to go. I've got to do this thing. Old church model focuses on conferences and events for growth and impact. Church that Jesus is building takes the responsibility of pursuing the lost and making disciples. We teach people to open their lives to those who don't know God yet. We can fall into that mentality where we focus on Sunday morning as the event for growth. Our Sunday morning is, you know, is our time to, uh, you know, for growth and impact. If I can just get somebody to Sunday morning. Now, Sunday mornings are great. We should gather. We should bring people on Sunday mornings. But it's not the event. Conferences aren't bad. Paul and Monica just ministered at an amazing conference in, in Sydney, had an amazing time. Conferences aren't bad, but if our focus is on conferences or events for our growth and our impact, we've missed the point. We are called to be disciples who make disciples. It's all of our responsibility to be disciple makers. And growth and impact happens day by day, not conference to conference. If you expecting conference to conference or even Sunday morning to Sunday morning to grow, you're going to have a very shallow level of intimacy with Jesus. Day by day makes us go deep. Old church model, a rote religion, its focus on sin exposes the sinner. Some of you guys have been in context where when there's been sin, it was more about exposing the sinner than about seeing redemption. The church that Jesus is building, it exposes the emptiness of, of sin by showing the beauty of holiness. We help those who fall rather than shun them into darkness. Our heart, when, when, when sin happens, always has to be restoration. Yes, sometimes there's consequences to, to that sin, and we don't have to get into all the examples of it, but it's not on us as the church, to punish the sinner. They'll stand before the Lord in judgment, but he pours out his grace and his mercy. He's merciful. He's slowed. Our, our focus is always on restoration. Where there's true repentance, we want to see people restored, not pushed away. Wrote religion 
For all church model, leaders are often jealous and speak down about other ministries to make themselves seem greater. The church that Jesus is building, and I think this is, this is a now word, leaders are kingdom focused. Uh, not even just leaders, all of us should be kingdom focused and champion all that God's doing. Our heart is to raise up people to do more than, you've, than they've ever dreamed of. Anyone that honors Jesus, we want to see them succeed. Any church that honors Jesus, they might do things differently than us. They might meet differently than us. They might look different than us. If they honor Jesus, then we want to see them succeed. We are a kingdom people. It's not about, and I say this often, it's not about Melbourne Lights Church. It's not a, you'll never see mattdodyministries.com. This is about a kingdom. Kingdom people to see the kingdom advanced. And we honor Anything that is kingdom. In rote religion, or old church model, church size and numbers through the door mean that you're doing well. Church that Jesus is building, the health and devotion of the people to God is how we know we're doing well. We've always, I mean, I love it. Jesus had 12, and then 70, and then more. But he was happy with 12. I've always said, Give me 12 people who want to passionately pursue Jesus over 500 who want to show up on a Sunday, clap their hands, and then they're gone. Any day of the week. We'll change the world. But give me 100 people who want to passionately pursue Jesus, and we'll change the world quicker. <laughs> give me 500 people who want to passionately pursue Jesus, and we'll have even greater. Let's, let's be that people. But it's not about numbers. Old church model. Wrote religion is pointed to what the... Uh, Pointed to what the organization or the, uh, the name or the brand is building. The church that Jesus is building, like John the Baptist, and we talked about this last week. We point everyone to behold the lamb and fall in love with Jesus. It doesn't matter what we're doing if we're not beholding Jesus. Our programs, our events, our different groups, our youth, our young adults, all of our things, it doesn't matter if we're not beholding Jesus. My biggest, not biggest, one of the things I pray the most often, but my biggest concern would be that you come be a part of Melbourne Lights Church for five years and you don't behold Jesus. That you come to any meeting or any gathering and you don't fall more in love with Jesus. If that's the case, we're missing the point of who God's called us to be. Old church model, wrote, wrote religion, there's only a couple more. In the old church model, unity happens when you see everything my way. The church that Jesus is building, unity happens because we love the Lord and we work to understand the different graces he's given us all. Unity happens because we unite around him, not because we agree on everything. And some of you guys can testify to that because we haven't agreed on everything. The last couple of years, you know, that we haven't always agreed on everything, but we unite around Jesus. We unite around him. We make much of him. We, we understand we don't all have to be gifted the same. We, we don't want to be a church, that's a church that's just full of prophets or that's just full of evangelists or that's just full of teachers. We want to be a church that's full of every gift and we recognize and honor the gifting in other people because we need everyone's gifts together. My last point in that 
rote religion, old church model, it's leaders that are empowered. You go, well, that sounds good. But actually, in the church that Jesus is building, everyone is empowered to walk like Jesus. There is leadership, but we don't just empower leaders. The focus is not just leaders. The focus is every person becoming more like Jesus. The church that Jesus is building is who we want to be. Obviously, there's more than that. There's a lot more than that. But it's the heart stuff. Like Jesus speaking to the Pharisees and and the teachers of, of the law. And he's saying it's not about the external. It's about the heart. I want your heart. Jesus wants your heart. Jesus wants our heart. He wants us to become more like him. And where we've maybe even unintentionally began to drift toward religion, began to drift toward the external and not the heart. This morning, he's calling us back. And if you're listening online, he's calling us back. And don't wait till later. It's it's a now response. It's a, Lord, change my heart. We don't want rote religion. We don't want to just go through the motions. We don't want to just observe external traditions. We want real life changing relationship with the person and presence of Jesus. There's so much more, obviously, there's so much more to this, but hopefully it helps. It helps us begin to see. It helps us begin to think and go, who do we want to be as a church? Who is Jesus making us into as a church? What's the difference between rote religion and, and real relationship? Between being connected to tradition or the external rather than the person of Jesus? We never want to get so caught up in religious observance that we miss the presence of Jesus in our midst. The things we value will determine what we do. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.